fact that this is not an isolated incident, the fact that I can say what we went through, which we wouldn't wish upon anybody, is not an isolated incident, is where it really pisses me off because it's unacceptable. And they kept telling me that I shouldn't be here and that I need to kill myself. So I just try to think about the women and even the boys that deal with this and don't have a sister, a partner, a mother to hold them and be there when this shit gets tough. Hello, my friends. I'm your host, Victor Rampadrat. Welcome to the show where we share the lived experiences of ordinary people just like you. We're amplifying your voice to provide a different perspective on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Our goal is simple. Humanize DEI so we can move closer to a culture of belonging and respect. Hello, everyone. Today, I'm joined by two powerhouse sisters based out of Edmonton, Alberta. Their story is absolutely wild. After being harassed on TikTok and Instagram, their voices have effectively been silenced. But not today. I was disgusted to learn of the way these two young women were treated, and I knew we had to have them on the show to tell their truth. Umber, Asha, welcome to the show. How are you guys doing? Good. Thank you. Thank you for having us. We're so excited to be here. Yeah, we were looking forward to this all week. Absolutely. And you know, I as well, this is our very first episode, and I can't think of anyone else better to have on this show because of what you want to talk about. And, you know, but before we jump in, one of the things I want to talk about is, is let's start from the beginning. Tell me a little bit about what it was like growing up in Alberta, being women of color. Do you want to go first? Yes. I'll let you take it away. (laughs) Yeah. How do we explain this to everybody else? So I'll, you know, it wasn't until this year when I think about it, that I realized how unique of a situation it was growing up. Um, So my mom has nine brothers and sisters. And 70% of them, you can say, lived not only in this in a small, predominantly white town, um, we all lived on the same street. (laughs) So there was six houses that um, all resided along. And so growing up, what that essentially meant is that your friends were your cousins. And so you went to school and, um, you know, I took all the, like my cousins, you're walking to school. I mean, already you're a misfit. (laughs) You just, that's super weird. And you're walking home and we didn't have lunch breaks at school. You came home right on time at 3.15 if you were done at three. And so, you know, you missed out on a lot of the socialization. Essentially that happens from meeting people outside of your family. Which didn't matter though, that we missed out on socialization because our only friends were our family. Cousins, yeah. So So, yeah, growing Growing up, that's what it was like. And I didn't realize until, you know, more recently where you understand the finance world and you're like the likelihood that this many people had this down payment saved and <laughs> the ability to get pre-approved for this mortgage and this house was available and for sale and for us to all end up where we did for then for that to then create our stories is um, is definitely a unique one. <laughs> so. And that's why I'm a terrible host, because I didn't even ask you what it is that you do for a living. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about the financial world. So tell me, you know, before we dive in and we go over to Umber, tell me what it is that you do for a living. Okay. So I, I guess my title is senior financial consultant. Um, I own a wealth management practice. So 
everything to do with the dollar sign essentially is what I'm involved in, investment management, like tax planning, retirement and estate, income and debt management. That stuff puts me to sleep. So I'm lucky to have her because I don't know anything about money. <laughs> So that's my amazing background. I mean, an index chart gets me very excited. It's blown up in my office and she like closes her eyes. Very cool. So you know what? That's perfect. You guys are sisters, like I said in the beginning. And I mean, why don't we throw it over to you, Umber? Tell us about what it is that you do and sort of your experience growing up in rural um, Canada. Sure. So I'm actually just a university student. I'm getting my psych degree and I'm hoping to get my master's next year um, in psychology. But uh, growing up for me, it was very much about belonging and struggling to belong and having pretty severe identity issues. Because of the way I looked, because I am more lighter skinned, uh, sometimes it can be more ambiguous with where I'm from. And so because of my last name and my even my first name, people knew I was different. But it was always, you know, but where are you from? And I'm sure that if it wasn't, you know, if I wasn't to say Pakistan or India, there wouldn't be as many stereotypical brown jokes. But I received a lot of that. And then because I was constantly trying to fit into Western culture with doing everything like, I don't know, what's an example that I was, I was always trying to fit into, whether it was the jokes or the topics of conversation or the foods, I was always trying to fit in. And so when I came home, it was kind of like a joke that, you know, Umber's really white and Umber's whitewashed and which I understand, like from my family's perspective, I was the only one who couldn't speak our mother tongue. And so in both groups, in both scenarios, I was always trying to fit in, always trying to figure out where I stand and yeah. what who my group is really. Like I remember you would say like, well, at school, I'm too brown and at home, I'm too white. So whereas, you know, yeah. Yeah. Where's, um, your, I, where's, your, where's your spot, right? Like where do you yeah. fit in? And, and you know what? What's interesting is to this day, I still don't have one. And all that's changed is that I've become very comfortable being in the middle. I'm very happy being in the middle and I find it really beautiful now to be part of two worlds and combine them instead of needing to push away Western culture and saying, oh, I don't want to do anything they do. And then pushing away my own beautiful culture and saying, oh, it's embarrassing. It's, you know, whatever the stereotypes are around culture. So uh, getting to be in the middle is really great. So mm -hmm. I feel like just since we started our YouTube channel, which was how many, two years, one year ago? Yeah, 2020, we came back from LA. Yeah, so about a year ago is literally the when I started realizing um, the power of, you know, existing in the middle. But before that, I would literally say up until age, what, 24, I have always struggled with identity. And so that's what it's been like growing up for me. It's been really... And then the another thing is I always felt like no one else could understand, which doesn't make sense because there are... Billions of people in this world, of course, they are bicultural. Like, how did we meet you, right? It's kind of what yeah. brought us together. It's but just... I wasn't around those people because my sister, you know, she can speak our language. She's very in tune with our culture. And I'm not. And so even my own sister, I'm like, oh, I, I don't know the things you know. And I blend more with white culture. So, yeah, it was very interesting growing up in the city of uh, mostly white conservative people and trying to find my place. Yeah. I realized oh. when you're speaking to people across Canada, it is very important to explain what Alberta or Northern Alberta yeah. is like. Um, you're around different. oil, very conservative, very much them versus us. Like you are yep. instantly, you know, an other. There is very little diversity. 
Um, not just in how like people look, but the optics, but also mindset. Like it's yep. extremely different. You know, there's no, I couldn't, I didn't actually recognize the difference till I started meeting people in Toronto and being like, wow, oh. your experience of being South Asian is completely different than mine. I don't have to explain that I have yeah. curry for lunch. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I remember coming to this country and having to do those same explanations and Toronto's gotten a lot better. But yes, I've been to Alberta and it's a very different place. But yeah. one of the cool things that you mentioned was sort of like finding out your place in the world. And Part of that was like finding your place on social media and, you know, rising to fame as this TikTok influencer who was talking about real issues that meant mm-hmm. something to you and yeah. then having it all pulled away, like just just yeah. like that. Like, can you tell me about that? Because that's what really gripped my heart to be like, I can't believe this young woman is having to deal with this garbage on social yeah. media. Tell us about that. Okay, I can start from uh, day one. It's kind of a lot of a story, but I'll try to make it long story short. So I was, uh, I posted, I post a lot about, you know, being bicultural, being about, not just about, you know, yeah, racism is bad, but being anti-racist and anti-sexist. And so I'm very opinionated on my channel. And I, because I posted about this, some like this was the video that blew up, it got, Oh my God, what was it? Like 6 million views? And it was just about how I was talking about how our culture can tend to be pedophilic um, because of the way that we want women to kind of look like girls in the way that we want them shaved, we want them um, passive, we want them quiet, we want them tiny, like just, you know, all these things. It angered a lot of people and these men posted me to a website and I had I had only known because some kind soul told me, hey, uh, I saw you posted to this website, please go look. Like they're saying horrifying things, like I don't know how to get it taken down and I happened to take a look and they had posted me and they actually had posted my partner as well. And they were screenshotting parts of the video and they were just um, analyzing and insulting the way we looked. So it was very much about, oh, she's a curry, I don't know if I can say this word, curry whore. Um, They were insulting him because he's white and saying he's going to leave me soon because I'm a curry muncher and just all these really, really racist and sexist things. And so I didn't want to endure that silently. It felt very uncomfortable reading these comments and I posted it to my Instagram story. And I said, hey, I just wanted to pop on here to let everyone know this website exists. And I didn't even know it was a thing. It's called incels.co. No women are allowed to join. It is entirely for men. And it is they what they do is they post women on this website in order to go and harass her and attack her online. And so once I had posted that a week later, someone had gotten it deleted. I don't know who, there were multiple people in my DMs saying, hey, I can get this taken down for you. And I was like, thank you. I know nothing about, you know, websites and how to do this. And they got it taken down. And I don't know who, they still haven't like come forward to tell me, but thank God they got it taken down. I mean, I'm sure these men just moved to another website, but it was really, really, I felt very appreciative and grateful that this specific one that was disgusting and so sexist was finally taken down. And then the messages stopped. So I was getting an influx of hate messages and death threats and, you know, rape threats and everything. So it had slowed down and it had stopped. And I thought it was solved and I thought it was fixed. And then uh, they just started up again. And that's why I believe that the people in that website had just moved to another one that I'm not aware of. Because it 
it's very, what they say is very specific. Like mm-hmm. it's very much the same kind of comments. I can tell they're different people, but it's like the same type of comments. Very similar insults, very ignorant yeah. way of thinking. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's you can um, tell that the language they're using is a similar group of yes. people. How, yeah. how did how did that make you feel? Because I mean, here's the thing with social media that I found is that people don't really think about the other person's feelings on the other end, right? Like you're out there doing your thing, preaching your message, sharing what it is that you believe. And I mean, social media allows for anyone to provide their opinion, and I think that's important. But I mean, when you're hitting someone's DMs and some of the things that they were sending you that you mentioned previously, some of the pictures that they were sending you are just yeah, really a lot. inappropriate and disgusting. Like, how did that make you feel? Well, so so I always try to operate in a way where I am not 100% right all the time. So mm-hmm. when people critique me and have things to say, I always self-reflect and I always yeah. go back to, did I say something offensive and did I hurt someone? But that simply wasn't the case this time. It was me speaking out on something that's been proven time and time again. It's something that's very important to me and I'm very passionate about it. And, you know, I in I didn't respond to these men and I could have just blocked them. But the thing that happens is when you block these people, they create new accounts mm-hmm. and they just do it again. Yeah. And so it wasn't effective. So I'm trying to think of how do I dig at the root of this issue. What yeah. what do I do to stop this from happening? Not just to me. This isn't a single incident, but to just women in general, because men are not getting these DMs. And even if you are, like my partner was getting them, he's not getting sexual assault threats. He's not getting death threats. He's getting insults about his partner, about, oh, you should leave her this and that. You guys aren't going to last. But that's not even close to what I was getting. He doesn't get pictures of genitals. I do. And so... I don't know. I guess I have, I'm really lucky. I have a really great support system at home. And so, you know, I even told my mom this was happening to me and they're just very supportive and very understanding of, you know, this is a them problem, not a you problem. This is something that's going on deeply within them and you don't need to internalize anything they're saying. And so obviously it's hard because two to three messages. Yeah. You know, you laugh, you shove it away. You never see it again, but this that that wasn't the case here it was like i think that's the important thing to note right it was 10 plus messages a day like it was and it would be happening for like two weeks yeah so that's what i'm saying it's like you've gone through this for a long time and we don't even talk about it like i've never even heard you post or share the things you get yeah nothing like you've just gotten really strong and like you've almost started to laugh about it because what else can you do? You've learned to ignore things. Yeah. The level we're talking about here is you can't ignore it. It's harassment. It's, you, and, you, yeah. People will say ignore it and it'll go away. That's exactly our first attempt. That is what we tried yeah. 10 times before we <laughs> so even brought many. this up as an issue. And I think that's a very important clarification because a lot of people are like, well, if you don't pay attention to it, it'll go away. What you pay attention to, there's more of it, right? You yeah. hear that a lot. And I think it's very important to say, hey, we did that and then we did it again and then we did it again and then they started to become violent and then it became yep. worse. And, and it, then and more also, people's families, members what, were being also messaged and it just, yes. it was a compound effect. What was happening is um, because they realized that I would block quickly, um, they started just following me and hanging around. And I mean, I don't look at how who's following me ever because it's hard to keep up. So I just, I'm not looking at these usernames of what they're saying, if they're racist usernames, you know, they would hang around for like weeks and then they will watch my stories and in their messages, they will put 
they will use things that they believe will hurt me. Mm -hmm. And so, for example, if I'm talking about having a single mother, they know nothing about, you know, the situation, but they will use that in their insults. And they will say things like, this is why your dad left. This is why your dad hates you. And I'm, and then I'm like, how do you know that? You only know that Mm -hmm. because, you know, last week I posted about this on my story, but I, it's not on my profile. So how do you know that about me? Mm -hmm. So it was very creepy, really the extent that they would go to, to no information about me. Like it's strategic. They're not just doing it out of nowhere. It's not just like they're angry little trolls, just, oh, I want to say this thing to hurt Mm -hmm. her. Like they are calculated and they were following what I'm doing and they're paying attention and So I guess, so back to the story, what happened is that the messages started again out of nowhere. And then um, I got a TikTok notification and it says, you have been permanently banned. Um, You can appeal this decision, but you have violated community guidelines. And so obviously I'm like, what? Like out of nowhere. Like just So so you you didn't even expect it just out of nowhere. You get a notification that somehow you've been banned. Yeah, and they just log you out. So I'm just logged out. I just open TikTok to post one day and I'm logged out. And I'm like, what? So I appealed the decision. Like um, the feeling, like talk about what it was like to even get that. Because so many people listening to this are going to well, get that and stop there. And yeah. feel so disheartened, right? Right. So the appeal, um, it's happened before where like, let's say a video was taken down to violate community guidelines, but it didn't. And I appeal it and it goes back up and it's fine. Yeah. So I thought this was just kind of the same thing. It didn't really affect me too much. I was like... Okay, yeah, this is shitty. Someone reported me, whatever. I'm going to appeal it, get it back. And that's exactly what happened. And I got it back for less than a day and it was taken down again. But this time it said there is no appeal and you have been permanently banned and you will never be able to log into TikTok again. Literally those words, like you will never log into this account. You're done, you're silenced, you have no voice, all of your followers, everything that you've put out on social media, gone. And I have like over 150 drafts. So there's this... Uh, thing on TikTok where you can record and then you can save it for later. I have over 150 of those of just ideas that I want to, you know, personal experiences, lived experiences yeah. of things and how to, art, you know, articulately like reach out to wider audiences gone. It's like little voice notes. I leave myself like to make a video about this and this and that. And I save it for later. That idea will never come back to me. Like that's just in that vault. And so to have all of that gone and all of my hard work, all of my videos, I don't know how many videos I have, 200 plus, all of those gone um, Your so community. I, hey, let's just talk exactly. about it, right? What are you at? 200, 300K? That community you've built, gone. No access, yeah. no email list, nothing, right? They, 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 We've now learned there's things you can do to protect that. But at the end of the day, you've lost this community that you've put all your efforts into, that you've connected with, that you've made a difference for. Like for her, I just, we, we just sat there going like, you're never going to be able to log into this again. Like what? Like how is that even? And, I, and the whole time I'm thinking, what did I do? What did I do? I'll, I'll correct it. I'll, how that can is I, what you, you're very what responsible. What am I supposed to fix? You kept thinking that. And I won't, did I maybe swear? Like what happened? Cause I do not post, like, I don't post my body. I don't post, it is like my face and my opinions. So I'm like, what did I do? That was so wrong. You know, even that is so funny how you're like, well, I didn't post my body as if that should be, be because account is exactly that's literally another misogynistic aspect of TikTok, but they do take a lot of women's videos down for their body. Really? Whether it's literally just like, oh, we can see cleavage and it's taken down. And it's a computer automated system as well. So if someone reports a video and enough people report it, like it gets taken down. Yeah. So it's a very stupid system. I don't understand it. I don't agree with it. That's what ended up happening. So that's kind of why I wanted to just, you know, anyone who's listening to this, that's going through this, 
Like there, it's not necessarily that you did something wrong. There yeah. is an automated system and it's there to protect, but yeah. what, you know, social media apps like TikTok have not realized is that this disproportionately prom- affects a certain group of yeah. people like always. And it promotes bullying and it promotes gang. It allows on for it person. and reinforces it. And it yeah. helps them win because even when they did that, they had messaged her. I remember saying like, ha, now your account is gone. Yeah. So like, that was the thing is I was thinking this is unrelated. Uh, you know, this is just another issue, but they were messaging me then on Instagram saying, because my account had popped up again, they said, you know, we will just keep reporting you until you're permanently gone. And so exactly like they said, it just kept like coming back and going and coming back and going. And so I was, by the second time I was like, this is not working. They're just going to do this forever. I am never going to have my account again. TikTok is not responding to me. I emailed them two to three times a day, uh, six different email addresses. I was pleading my case, constantly trying to tell them what's going on and they did not respond. Um, I don't know if that's like they read it and didn't care or if they just have so like an influx of emails, they just can't tell. So I, my sister actually was like, we're not done here. Cause I was like, I was writing down all of what I could remember previously of what I had posted and was like, I'm just gonna have to remake it and I'll make, I'll make a new account. Like that's all I can do. And my sister was like, F that. (laughs) Not today. (laughs) So much work. Like this is not the end. And like, thank God I have a sister like that. Right. Because I'm much more, I, I will quit easier because I think there's no point in pushing. But what I don't realize is that the world doesn't work that way. And when you have enough people behind you, you can make change. Yeah. And so, yeah. And I don't mean to cut you, but I think this is a perfect place to get Afsha to just jump in real quick. Because one of the things that I really resonated with personally was when I met you ladies, was the power that Afsha had come with to say, this is my little sister. This is what's happened. I'm not happy about it. We need help. This is, and I just thought to myself, I don't know who these two young women are, but I just love the bond that they have. So Asha, do you want to tell me a little bit about how you sort of, you know, coached your sister along the lines of, cause that happens a lot where it's like, I don't have a voice. What's the point? It, it's not. And you were like, Nope, we're doing this and we're going full force and we're not letting it go. And I remember you telling me that. So tell me about what that experience was like and, and why you decided to step up and, and really make a difference here for your sister. I think there's two things, right? We can solve other people's problems, but it's very different when it comes to our own, right? So while I might've been going through something and my sister would come back and say, hey, this is feedback and how you should go through this. It's very different when you're the victim or you're going through it. It's easy to blame yourself and feel like you're not worthy. And so really I was just a sounding board, right? She has all this power for herself, but it was just a reminder like, hey, this is what you need to remember. This You've done this much work. She's the one that put the hours in right? She's the one who did all this and knows what went into it. But when you doubt yourself, sometimes you really need someone who just loves you to remind you of who you are. And I think the second part is I just have this very uncanny, I mean, like we joke about it, but my sister and I have grown up playing so many different sports and joined different leagues and just had fun with it. And that does not mean that I have talent in it. It just means I joined sports. <laughs> and so we have this analogy of when we play ball, we played volleyball and I would serve and I wouldn't even get it past the net. Like that's the worst that can happen. But my sister one day was just like, I would never be able to serve 11 times before I got it. She's like, you do it the first time. She's like, I would have said I had enough. And then I'm like, 
I went and did it 11 times until I got it. And then once I got it, I was swinging it over there every single time. And so I think I, that was just a very powerful moment for me. I think like where you yeah. made me realize, like, I really go to swing six times. Like yeah. I will not take no for an answer. And so I think those two unique, I guess, ways to deal with it really helped. It's just that I was a sounding board, put up a mirror for her to really remember her power and her work and her effort and how deserving she is of it. And the other one was just like, hey, we're swinging at this again. Like we're a family and we're doing this and we're in this together. Like your account being down, it's as if it's happening to me, if not worse. And F this because we don't take no for an answer. And you learn that in the world of business. Like I had to never take no for an answer. I had to teach my staff. Like when you got on the phone, what did they say? Okay, call back with this. You need to provide an alternative solution. There is no such thing as, no, we can't do this. That's just corporate world, right? So I think from being a child and playing those sports and just being the older, you know, woman in a Desi household, you really learn to navigate yeses and nos and go from there. I love that. And and it's so powerful, right? Between the two sisters to be like, Hey, we have each other's back. Cause earlier on you mentioned, uh, you know, not having a father and having a single mother and just, you know, I don't know the context around that, but I do know whenever that happens, there's a tremendous bond between the two siblings, right? And I could definitely see that myself, just how you folks have come together to really right this wrong, right? So your account gets taken away. You don't have access. What's next? I mean, I I think from what I remember, it gets taken away a couple times, right? So tell me about that. Like four times. So my sister is very much about, you know, learn from other people's mistakes, learn from what they do. So she's, um, she's been on Clubhouse constantly. That's like her area where she likes to go. And she was listening to people that had had the same thing happen to them, not necessarily the harassment and hate, but the violating community guidelines and being reported. And she told me there's this one guy, he was talking about it. I think he could help you. He ended up getting it back. Like there's hope at the end of the tunnel. Like we got this, sent me his account. And I messaged him and he responded right away. He was so helpful. He uh, talks uh, very openly about anti-racism and he's a white man. So he can trigger a lot of people with that. And I messaged him saying, hey, this happened to me. And what did you do? And he gave me a specific email address that was supposed to email TikTok with. He said, I said, these are the six I've been emailing. He said, those are not going to work. They don't look at those. This specific one is what helped me. So I'm like, okay, awesome. I have, you know, an email. I created a team a email an email template that was when you click the link it opens up in your email and you can just click send and it automatically goes to TikTok so that people didn't because I knew I could ask my supporters to email TikTok but it's a lot of work and you don't really know what to say and if, yeah. you, if you don't know the whole situation you're just what are you going to say give her back her account like that was how we came up with that idea be, right it was yeah we have platforms we just got hers big one got taken down. And I'm like, well, we still have platforms. We are constantly posting for other people to provide representation to help them. And I was like, why don't we reach out to our community for once and yeah. we get help from them? And she was like, there are so many social issues going on in the world with India and Israel and Palestine. And I'm yeah. not going to talk about this is yeah. like, you know, something exactly worth mentioning. What I said. She's like, I'm not going to talk about my account being taken down. How silly. I'm it like, felt so childish. you are not able to talk about exactly what's going on because it was taken down. Like yeah. this is yeah. bigger than you. It's not exactly. even about you. And, you know, I love her for being so conscious of not making about her, but I, 
I remember I was like, let's get everybody to email. She's like, who's going to do that? I'm like, yeah, I don't think you realize the impact and influence you have on so many people who are diehard. Like we are waiting for your next post because it what speaks for them. And so then I'm like, then let's create a template. The template will make it easier, a smooth process. You just have to ask people to swipe up and send it in. Yeah. And we had no idea. Like we are going from, we're honestly just, I'm, we're getting ideas from thin air because we're yeah. so like at this point, I don't even know if we had gotten anybody who'd been through it. I no. just started going resources. Okay. Go online, go on, like ask around, do this. I don't know. And we just came up with the template idea and we second guessed it and we weren't sure. And I was like, just try it. Yeah. One, five emails is better than one. And I honestly remember posting it, came up with a template email, and then you posted it to your story. And I said, we're trying to get to like a thousand in this amount of time. And I had said, if you can DM us that you've sent one in so that we can track and see our progress and see what really works here. Because we already knew from the beginning, I think what was so powerful is that you knew it wasn't just we weren't just doing this for you. We were yeah, saying, exactly. we have to crack this code and figure out what this problem yeah, is. Yeah, and that's what my sister reminded me of. She's like, I know there's things going on in Palestine right now. I know there's things going on in India right now. But this is not just happening to you. This is not yeah. an isolated incident about, oh no, my TikTok account and my followers. It's not about so, that. Yeah. It's about activists yeah. and specifically women of color who are being targeted mm-hmm. on TikTok and having their accounts taken down and being forced to create new ones and losing communities. Yeah. And that's... That is in the realm of social justice. This is not some superficial, like, you know, oh, no, my account. It's way deeper than that. And it's bigger than you. And reminding me of that made me realize, like, this is not, it's not about me. And I even made sure to say that in my post. Like, guys, this is not about just an account. It's the principle behind silencing women of color. Yeah. If you Um, go look at her account, it's still there. Umber saying and it actually has a couple of the clips and the video, like voice notes, and she took out so much because like some of it's very triggering and unnecessary, but you just get a glimpse of what it was like. And then she actually shared the story and said what happened. Yeah, I posted um, the DMs because it's one thing to say I'm being harassed. It's another thing to read what was being said to me. Not only was it, you know, in text, but it was voice notes. And you hear a man's voice on the other yeah. side and to feel Ugh. that sort of like, Voice notes are very personal to me. Like I use that with my close friends. It's a human on the other end to realize that there's a human on the other end saying these things to me that genuinely despises me this much saying stuff like you are not worthy of life. You are scum. You are. It's just another level of it's no longer keyboard I don't know. warrior. Like it just like well, it's and, they, and they and they don't even know you, right? Like it's not like these yeah. people have interacted with yeah. you. They yeah. do not know you as a person. They do not know. They have not spent time with you. They have not eaten with you. They have not done any of these things yeah. that create relationships. It's just them saying, "I don't like you because you talk about these issues that I don't agree with," and exactly. it's like I, it just angers me because I'm like, here's someone who's finding her place in the world right and they're telling you you no longer belong and you're already dealing with those belonging issues as it is exactly right and he's as far as like they're insulting you know the place i was from and saying like you'll never be you know even canadian or american or whatever and you're always going to be just like worth less because you're pakistani so it was very interesting how it's like you become a shell of a human to these people. It's mm-hmm. I, I, I'm so open and so forward on who I am and what I'm about. And you are, but you're not human to them. Like they dehumanize mm-hmm. you to the point where not only are, 
are you a woman? So you're an object, you're a, you're a, you know, a piece of freaking furniture is how they treat you. But also now you're, now they're going to tie in racism and they're going to tie in how, because of my skin color and because of where I'm from, I am just less worthy than a white person. Yeah. So I don't know how to really describe the feeling of just hearing a voice on the other end saying these horrifying things they, to you. And it's specifically back to what you said. They take what they possibly could from the yeah. glimpse of what they know you yeah. that they can really dig deep and hurt you. And I will say she got them too. Like it was, this was not an isolated thing. So, you know, my partner got probably the best of all as a white man he barely got anything mm -hmm. uh my sister got it too so they were voice messaging her as well and mm -hmm. she was like and showing Playing into that relationship right maybe yeah. right yeah oh your, into your, your sister is doing sister. this and yeah yeah it was it was yeah i i the crap the fact that this is not an isolated incident the fact that i can say what we went through which we w wouldn't wish upon anybody is not an isolated incident is yeah. where it really pisses me off because it's unacceptable. And they kept telling me that I shouldn't be here and that I need to kill myself. So I just try to think about the women and even the boys that deal with this and don't have a sister, a partner, a mother to hold them and be there when this shit gets tough. Like I am beyond blessed because I can't tell you what that would do to me listening to that alone. Mm -hmm. Right. Wow. But when I'm listening to that with my, with my people, there's that support, there's that love. I still feel worthy. I still feel valid. I just, I, I always think about people who don't have that and it just breaks my heart. It's it, And sorry, I didn't mean to cut you, but it's just that sits with me really deep because, you know, I, I hear I see, I talk to people all the time and even in the dating world, like receiving pictures that you don't ask for on some of these dating sites or social media where people are harassing you because of your opinion or feeling like you don't belong and then having people reinforce the fact that you don't belong because of the things that they say to you. And it just, it's sickening in the sense of like, we're all trying to find our place in the world. And yeah. one of the challenges that I have found personally is, is feeling like your voice is effectively being silenced. And part of the reason why I created this show is to give people like you, like me, and like the rest of the guests that will be here to give a place for the, so they could tell their story and share their experiences so we can build that broader cultural lens. So let's switch yeah. gears a little bit. Let's talk about the success of getting back your account finally and how you've now used it to continue creating that awesome change that you were doing. Yeah. So, uh, the last time, so during the first couple times that it was being taken down, some, uh, man had messaged me and said, Hey, I have a Facebook group of over 43 K people. They would be more than happy to help you. Let me know if you get your account back. So the third or fourth time it got taken down, I said, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm at my wits end here. It would come back up and I'd be like, I got it back, I got it back. I, I cried the first time it came back. I'm like, I can't believe it worked. Oh yeah, that was what we were saying. I I'll can't just believe, go quickly ahead. share that it was within an hour that yep. we had hundreds of people being No, like, it was thousands, I, it was I, thousands. Yeah, I guess I'm just not used to that like level, it but was it was crazy. so many people sending the DM or sending a DM like sent, 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 sent. And seriously, yeah. Yeah. we count, we were like, it's been an hour. It was And so you got fast. an email like, so yeah. for perspective for everybody listening, Umber had emailed and I was like, just keep trying. 
I was like, just email, email. She emailed day and night, two day times, and night, yeah. the six different emails consistently for like two full weeks. Yeah. And then within an hour, and, as I emailed this, the, the email that, that they said told to. me to email yeah. the specific one, I emailed that one and they just ignored yeah. me and they didn't care. So the I, crazy part is just the power of voice and community. Yep. So within an hour, we had, she got an email. She like got up and was like, wait. They're saying they're going to review my account. I can, yeah. I, I can enact this perfectly because it's so <laughs> powerful. And she's like, there's no way this is happening. It's pro there's no way it's happening. We're like, we were just in disbelief. Yeah. Right. This like this feeling of triumph, but we still hadn't even gotten it. It was just, we got a response. response. Yeah. Yes. And then like, oh my God, I think within what was it? A half an hour, an hour after that, maximum. No, literally 10 minutes. They okay, said 10 minutes. We reviewed your account. You violated no community guidelines. guidelines. So sorry for the uh, mix up. Here's, Here's your, account. your account back. <laughs> We're like, what do you mean? Sorry. And about so she, le she legitimately, because the whole time she's almost like, okay, I guess we'll do this. We'll ask our community. I'm not really sure. Like just very uneasy and uncomfortable yeah. because you know, it's not easy to reach out to people. It is so hard to reach out. To and people. you know what? All of the fears that I had had been confirmed because I had a couple men messaging me saying, I cannot believe what's happening in India right now. And you're worried about your stupid account. And I'm like, God damn it. Like, it's like, they don't understand and you the, know what? the purpose of what I'm doing this. You, you were worried about that. And again, for everyone listening to this, like when you're worried about what people are going to think before you share something, I say this all the time to my sister, yeah, like ahead get of ahead of it, like address whatever the issue is that you think people are going to think. Yeah. So she said it in her post. I don't want this to come off as a thing about me, but this is what my platform is for. And I use it for a voice for these things. Yeah. And then she still got those messages, but because, you know, we got ahead of it we knew but yeah back to the email that you got where it was like you've violated no community guidelines like that was just such a slap in the face wasn't it where it you was because i was constantly thinking about what could i have possibly done wrong you were being so accountable for what it is that you could have done to create yeah. any problems on, in an online space and then they're like oh you did nothing wrong and i'm like oh you don't say like this is <laughs> such a crappy feeling so so um i got it back and i started i just started tearing up because I was overwhelmed with one, the support from my supporters, but also just like how powerful we can be when there's enough people. Cause like TikTok is massive. This is billions of users, billion dollar company. This is, this is like, I don't know, to, to go head to head with TikTok is a very scary thing. Like I am, you know, getting you upset. I'm getting upset at the employees. I'm saying this is ridiculous. This is not, we're arguing with them. So yeah. to, I actually have them listen to me. Like I just felt so, so empowered. And I was like, I did not realize how many people would care about this. I did not realize how many people would be here to back me up. It just felt like very surreal. And so I started tearing up, like, I can't believe it freaking worked. And then literally that same night, same thing happened. And as a family member, like to see, to see her like kind of get up startled this is going to work like just imagine someone you love who is experiencing a problem and a challenge and then triumph right it's the most incredible feeling to see someone you love work hard at something and then be like <gasps> like the realization that yeah. it worked and I got somewhere and it did something and it, it instills this like power within you like she's saying and and you we got 24 hours of it yeah no, less than. I think it was like, like I got it. Down. I got it in. So the emails were sent in the morning. I got it in the afternoon that same evening. evening okay. It was taken down again. Yeah. So <sighs> the the roller coaster, as you can imagine at this point, is of just emotions. 
You feel yeah. like you got somewhere, you put your heads together, that community tribe, like that was all still there. But then it's to have it ripped from you. And then also again. imagine like you just went through all of this hassle of being like, guys, I'm so sorry to like bother you, but this is what's happening to me. Yeah. Would you mind helping? And then it happens again in less than however however long and I'm like I can't do it again I can't yeah. ask these people again I'm just annoying at this point yeah. I'm annoyed at myself talking about this like I'm annoyed that this is even happening to me imagine how these people feel trying to help me they're just like okay figure your shit out right yeah. so I just felt and my sister obviously doesn't agree she's like post it and I didn't I just didn't I yeah. waited a week or two because I felt you know, I, I just took some time to really process it and be like, it could potentially be gone forever and it's going to keep happening. These men won't leave me alone. They're mass reporting me. It's a, it's a possibility that I'll just never have it back. So my thing was, if I get it back, I'm going to start saving all my videos so I can create a new account because this is just hopeless. Yeah, and I and waited then... a week and a half or so and, and I just got frustrated and I was just like, okay, that's it. I'm doing it again. But I went to that Facebook group, that mm -hmm. lovely man who said, I have 43K. Um, supporters here so I went into that group and I told them the story and said um I have created another email template if you could please send it to TikTok and everyone did and they were incredible about it and this time when I emailed from my email I actually included screenshots of the dms of harassment and I included the voice note so I wanted whoever was on the other side of TikTok because I did get a response once and it had been signed, you know, Lilith. So I'm like, there is a person. It's not just, you know, a computer. Someone's reading this. So maybe I can just tell them exactly what's going on instead of just saying the sentence, I'm being harassed by men. Mm -hmm. Maybe I can include what's going on. And I included every, you know, message I had gotten. And then they had actually responded to that email of mine. But only because there had been, you know, hundreds of other people that had emailed them. They pay it. The, the subject line was like urgent, Umber saying being harassed or something like that. So they knew who it was in my name. They're pretty, it's pretty clear who they're talking about. And so then they found my email to go respond to. And I was happy that they did that because they got to see what I was talking about. And I got it back. They said, I'm sorry for what's happening. And I told them, I was like, you need to get rid of the mass reporting feature because the root of the issue is that people of color are being bullied on TikTok. It's not just, oh, give me my account back. They're doing it repeatedly and I have not posted one video. So it's clearly like someone's after me. And um, yeah, I got it back. And since then, since I specifically told them, get rid of the mass reporting feature, I'm being targeted. And I you shared the specific pieces of I shared in that the email. pieces of harassment. I nothing has happened and it's been staying up. So I but I'm still like the trust in it is definitely I'm very not there. yeah. Every time I open the app, I hold my breath. Every single time. Cause I'm like, it could just say the notification, you've been banned. So I'm I never feel fully comfortable. And so when you were asking, you know, talk about how you're using that platform now to continue, like actually, unfortunately, it has taken this kind of passion and motivation that I have for sharing my thoughts it's it's kind of put a like I don't know it's put a dent in it because I feel like I don't trust it to even keep my stuff up and I just I don't know how to explain it but We're I don't just... wake up now being like I want to share my opinion with the world they've kind of made me feel like no matter what it's gonna be taken down so i'm just kind of holding my breath until it happens again which i know isn't right and i and i want to be back out there but it's just kind of taking a hit to my mental health a bit and just making me question myself so 
Well, and yeah. I, I think that's important point that you make there because this is one of the points that I often talk about is people's lived experience, right? So if you've had lived experience and you continually have this lived experience, you're reinforcing that expectation that at some point someone's going to do this thing. Yes. Right. And you've had it happen, not just once, not just twice, not just three times, and it keeps happening. And how can you feel, especially when you're already struggling with belonging, struggling with your voice being heard, that you are excited to go back out there and share your story with the world just to have other be a target again? I was excited the first time. I was like, I'm ready. Like, I'm recording right now. That same night it got taken down. So it just killed my vibe, you know? It just killed this, like, excitement I had for it. So Because to be from a creative creator's perspective, you have to have passion and, you know, to keep going. It's a lot. It takes a lot to be a creator. And so for that passion to be kind of dampened and to know that your voice might not carry as far or that you're going to be attacked for those views not just TikTok itself, but the people that are harassing, like they haven't been removed. They, they haven't been dealt with that problem still is there. And so while I love a, you know, a story win, like, Hey, this is how we overcame and what we did. I think it's so important to highlight the existing problems, the problems that still exist and what it can do to a person to beat them down and make them feel something when your whole life you struggled with sharing your story and lived experience to begin with. Yeah. I love that. Before I even got it back, I was still getting messages like, haha, it worked. Like your, your lame account was banned loser. Like you're never coming back, like stuff like that. So it's like, you just always, it's like, I don't know. You kind of feel kicked when you're down. Not to say that these men had any power over me, but it just was like a reminder every time that like, what's the point? That these why, injustices why, do exist. Why am I fighting they, for this? Like they, yeah. they are, they are counting on my downfall. They are counting mm-hmm. on me being silenced. Yeah. So as much as that angers me, it also can make you feel pretty like, feel pretty crappy. Well, you know, I have to say that I, uh, I appreciate your honesty. I thank you so much for raising that voice. As we've talked before, I have a little young brown girl who's growing up, and I would love for her to see the power that you have and and talking about some of these daisy challenges that exist and fitting into a country that you know we all come to canada um and, and some of those come to america and anyone else who's listening from anywhere else in the world but you come to a country hoping that you know you could have a better life for you and your family and then you struggle with this whole fitting in of your name and what you eat and your preferences and you know just hearing you highlighting that out there in the community and bringing a voice to people who don't feel like they belong and maybe they are not comfortable being in the center that you empower people or you give power to those people to really feel like they matter, they can be seen. And I think that's really important. I really want to wrap things up a little bit here, but you know, one of the silver linings between sort of meeting you folks was you talked about some of the charitable work that you do. And I love when people give back because, you know, as you become blessed in life and you do good things in life, I think it's really important that we kind of give back. And I know that part of what you do on social media is to give back to the community around the things that you think and you believe and to, you know, give power to women of color. But Afsha, tell me about some of those charitable works that you guys are doing. I think it's super cool and I think people need to know about it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Kay, I always come from this space of 
having a platform is so important. Like why I even started having a platform is I realized that we have a voice. We have lived experiences that need to be shared. We provide representation. There's a difference in impact you can make. So how do you really provide impact? Well, or like have a profound impact and on multiple people or make it bigger. And so, so much of that is having a platform. And so once I started building one, I realized we can use this, we have a community. And so whenever there is an initiative, um, you know, one of them was recent when COVID really hit, domestic violence rates skyrocketed for women. And um, we raised a bunch of money for a home that provides shelter for women in general, but Muslim women who are fleeing in abusive households with their children. And we were able to share, like, I think the importance is we're able to go or be right directly involved in where the money is going. And so we could share the room that they were able to build to provide a space that was a safe space for a woman to belong. You know, I'm so thankful for our platforms, like on Instagram alone in a year, we'll raise like $15,000. And, you know, I go on mission trips each year um, to Guatemala and, we go with a group of doctors and I'm able to sit there and say, Hey, you know, I have this money. I'm just the liaison, right? We raise the money. It's the people, it's the community, it's the followers that are helping. And I'm able to share like the children. I have pictures of, you know, a two-year-old boy who had spina bifida. And it's something that if it was here, they it would be gone in the hospital within two days. They would find it, get rid of it, move forward. And because they have no healthcare in some of these villages, where they speak like a different dialect, like Hekchi, they have no healthcare. And you're sitting with people who've never seen anything like this, don't have healthcare. And you're able to say, oh, this is gonna cost $600. We can do that. We raise this money. And like, you realize the power of money. And you know, it's something that you even said, which is like the more money you have, the more good you can do. And that's how you realize. And so, yeah, giving back, you know, not only provides perspective of like how we grew up, like we thought we grew up in poverty. We grew up, you know, my sister and I and my mom until I was in grade eight in the same bed. Yeah. You know, we have stories of night tables being cardboard tables with a sheet on it. Like we know what it's like to, let's say, have nothing, but that provides perspective because you go there and you're like, well, I had health care. Yeah. So giving going on those trips, I mean, I can't tell you like when I come back, I need a week to adjust. Yeah. Because you realize the privilege that we have and where we're born and that not even everyone in Canada has that privilege. Like our indigenous community suffers when you, you know, we we went with some dentists and you see the state of what their mouth looks like. I've never even seen teeth like that. I didn't know that could exist. And then, you know, one of my best friends said, you know, Afsha, I, I'm a dentist, I go up north and I do this and it's actually worse in Northern Canada than it is here. Yeah. So giving back is just, it's part of what we do, it's who we are. You can't go through things and then not realize that other people have it worse or in different ways or that yeah. now you can do something about it. And I cannot stress the power of community because I would not just be able to have 15,000 to give away. It's the mm-hmm. people that mm-hmm. come together where the only thing I'm doing is just saying, hey, there's people need help here. and This is how we can, hey guys, I know that you guys want to help because people want to help, but they don't know how, they don't know where their money is going to go. And so for me to physically go down there and be able to show what we're able to do. And of course, with their permission, share some of their stories. Like I remember a girl in, um, I believe she was 16 and she had a big tumor on her face. She was pulled out of school. Um, You know, there's so many problems with it without going into any detail. She finally got her surgery and was able to go back and she's, like 16 going back into grade four. And that's a success story. Wow. Wow. 
That's that's and amazing. She also took uh, things from our house, our childhood house that we no longer used and repurposed them because why would we chuck yeah, them out? They're oh perfectly God. good, you know, backpacks and bookcases and whatnot. But, we, just um, but we, we grew out of them. And so she took all of them with her. And yeah. it was like surreal being able to see like our backpacks that are, you know, pencil cases with these little girls who yeah. are so, so happy to have new school supplies. Yeah. So it's, Oh my God, I love that you remembered that. That's amazing. I remember yeah. them, like, it's just you leaving a piece with, of you with them and you were specific, like I would wait till I connected with someone or saw someone, you know, this one girl, I remember she was really scared. Her mom was like getting her teeth pulled out. I mean, there's, there's anesthetic, but it's not the same. I mean, just to give you guys perspective, their medical tables, the surgical tables are the school desks put together, wrapped up in garbage bags and duct tape. So that's where we are, the setting. And there's this little girl like freaked out. Nobody speaks her language. No one's explaining what's going on. Her mom is in complete and utter pain. And, you know, I'm just standing there like, wow, like the trauma that this must is going to be. And so anyway, we were able to connect with this little girl. And what's wonderful is being able to connect with a human, not being able to speak the language. You just see that we're social creatures and all you need is love. But I remember giving her Umber's I remember asking Umber, like, what do you want to give to someone? Like, if there's a little girl who could have this experience, what would it be? And I, so it was this school, like, pencil kit where you had all your dumb favorite, like, markers and pencils and crayons. Pencils. (laughs) That she had just kept in this thing. I'm like, you're not going to use this. Like, would you be okay with giving away this piece of you? And she was like, I would love to finally have this part of me given to someone, even though it's this dumb pencil kit. And we gave it to this girl and I had some trans, I had a trans, this wonderful translator come over and say to her, like, hey, this is not like, this is like something that you can create with. This is like my sister used this and we grew up like this. And like, this is what we did with it. Now she's like graduating and she's finishing university. And I'm so thankful for the translator to explain all that to her because her face changed because she understood like the meaning of, you know, a pencil kit. I think that's beautiful. And and it definitely talks about helping someone else belong, right? Because that person now feels amazing that they they've been seen they've received something and now they can go and create in the world kind of like umbra's creating on tiktok right i think that's pretty cool but uh, you know one of the questions i wanted to ask you and, and we'll wrap up here how do you think as a society we can move closer to a culture of belonging and respect i think this exactly this i think starting the conversation having those uncomfortable talks with your friends and family, opening up to people, not being so in your shell. I do understand that, you know, our trauma can create these walls around us, but I have not received, I have so many online friends and I've connected with so many people only when I started opening up, only Mm -hmm. when we started realizing we have the same story. We've had the same life. Mm -hmm. I also had a single mom. I'm also Pakistani. I also, you know dealt with sexism and racism and suddenly you create your own community and I think that's the way forward is connecting with other people and not being so afraid of your own story and telling Mm. your story because you have no clue who it can help that's beautiful and for you Afsha what would you say my you know I would definitely say like embrace your demographic I'm very passionate about speaking on the topic of addressing that there is 
there are going to be challenges. There's things you're going to go through. They're real. They're valid. They're important to acknowledge. Even you giving us the space to speak and doing the project that you are like, I mean, that's wonderful. Like we need to talk about that. But I also love to say, hey, when you figure it out, like when you get past whatever it is that you did have to door, you had to knock down the space you had to create at that table, you're going to have experiences and challenges that you've overcome and you've had to persevere that are now going to get you way further. Um, I'm very, you know, passionate and thankful for my group of uh, community as well, because I remember being reminded you didn't get to where you were in spite of what you've been through. You got there because of what you've been through. So acknowledging that there's real challenges, that it is BS and we there needs to be change. But also when you get through it and when you go through those things, that's going to be what gets you further. And, you know, I will add on to that. I, as a thought came up when you were talking about that, but when you do, you know, destroy that glass ceiling and you kick down that door and you have that opportunity, understand how to look behind you and help the other person through it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, being so steadfast and having those blinders on with your own goals is great and you can get very far. But now how do you turn around and help other communities that also didn't get the, didn't get the privileges or Mm -hmm. the finances or the whatever, you know, the, the privileges you had to get through that door, not Mm -hmm. everyone has. So how do we help them through it now? How do we make it easier for them? And Vishal, like now that we're here, for example, you've experienced so much success. You've met so many people. Like how do we now create space for other people to come to the table as well? Yeah. That's beautiful. I, I love that. And, you know, that's why we have this show is to provide those platforms and to, to, to engage in discourse and have these conversations and provide platform. Because here's the thing, as we move through this world, we're going to come across people that look like us. And if, unless we know how those people think, act, why they do the things they do, we won't have competence in dealing with people. So here we help to create that competence by understanding people's stories, their lived experiences, and sharing that with the world. Where can people find you? Where do you want people to look for you on social media? Just throw out your handles. So my Instagram is just my full name, Umber Sayin, and my TikTok is as well. Very simple to find. Um, I'm going to be starting to be more active on TikTok. Yeah, I really got it. That's usually where I'm active like every day. And yeah. it's, it's slowed down. So Umber Sayin is U-M-B-E-R-S-A-I-Y-A-N. Yeah. And Perfect. then myself, it's Afsha Official. So on Instagram, it's A-F-S-H-A-A official. Very cool. Very cool. Well, guys, and sorry, that's not the right term. It's ladies. I always <laughs> have to correct myself because once again, it's these things that we're taught in society to utilize these terms. But ladies, thank you so much for joining us on the show. It was honestly a huge pleasure. I was super excited to have you here because once again, I know this story all too well, and it's people like us who have been silenced for quite some time and have not had the platforms to have these conversations that it excites and energizes me to be able to provide this platform and to allow people like us to tell yeah. our stories. And and us is every human because we all have a story. We all have some sort of lived experience, but we all don't have the platform and the community to share it with. So thank you all. And thank you. You're very welcome. Folks listening, that's the truth, according to Umber and Asha. Thank you very much, and y'all have a great day. Bye for now. Thank you you so much. This is wonderful. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Our show is sponsored by Discourse. 
We build belonging into the DNA of DEI. You can visit us on the web at discourseagency.com or check out our YouTube channel, Discourse Agency. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, leave a review, drop a comment, and most importantly, share it with a fellow human. Thank you so much for your support. And remember, your truth is your experience. Bye for now.